Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves picks an article or a news topic that's been in the headlines, and we explore it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in deep to help you understand what might be motivating the behaviors behind the headline. We like to say that the specific topic we cover is current, but the insights are timeless. So with that, Kurt, what should we cover in Weekly Grooves today? All right. So this has been something that's been in my brain for a couple of weeks, and it comes from our conversation with Mariel Beasley on our other podcast, Behavioral Grooves, where she said that lower to middle income Americans are saving more during the pandemic. On one hand, that's a totally rational idea because we don't know how long the pandemic's going to last and we need to save in order to to save up for the financial outcome that's going to happen there. On the other hand, increasing your savings when you don't have a job or your income is at risk really doesn't make that much sense. Yeah. And that was reinforced by an article by Matt Egan in CNN Business this past week in his piece called Americans Create New Economic Threat with Their Own Savings. He wrote that credit card debt is declining as Americans spend less and are paying down their balances. Okay. see. So we want to dive into the behavioral science behind this apparent contradiction. So where do we want to start, Tim? Let's start with the facts. The facts. Why would we ever start with facts? (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? But Actually, facts are where we should always start. So yes, let's start with the facts. What are the facts? I wish we had more data, but these are the facts that we've got. We've got record high numbers of unemployment. Okay. People who have claimed unemployment, right? We've got record high numbers of people who are, don't have jobs. Gig, gig workers may not even be applying. So there's there's problems there. We've got savings rates that are going up in in a in a it's something that has been steadily declining since the Reagan era, mm-hmm. right? That savings has been going down. Now we've got this big big boost in it. So we've got this apparent contradiction uh, that people are unemployed, don't have jobs, and yet they're saving more. Right. Now with that there's probably some really good reasons why that's happening. However, some of the research that that explores financial decision-making says that this shouldn't be happening, that in times of, of kind of uncertainty and shock and fear, we tend to make worse financial decisions. So what have right. you found on some of that? Well, let's go back to prospect theory, sort of the mother of all behavioral science. Uh, it starts with this idea that that gamblers, when they are down, tend to make riskier bets. Mm. And so, so you'd think, wow, this is a this is a down situation. People are feeling like, wow, I, I don't have much, so I'm going to make a riskier bet now, which would not necessarily be saving more. Right, and you think about this from the perspective that. All right, there's a financial risk that is coming in. I have I have lost inf- uh, my money, so maybe I'll take a shot at a stock because that's or a lottery good, ticket or a lottery ticket or something. Yeah. But that's not what we're seeing. So let's uh, let's let's dig into that a little bit. Let's try to to maybe explore that. And one of the pieces of facts or information that we don't really have is a really good understanding of who's doing the savings. We know overall that savings is going up. Um, however. 
we do know that Mariel Beasley was saying that with the the app and the, some of the financial tools that they've seen, that it's these lower income Americans who are actually uh, in the in the program that they had, they can direct specific amounts of money into different savings things. And, and where uh, that savings used to be around 2%, it was now up to 13% when we talked to her. So right. these are people who are actually directing money in. And we know that those are our lower income Americans, but they are also still people who have jobs. And what we don't know or, or, or is- Or at least have some, have some small amount of cash or, or income. Yeah. Right. What we don't know is, is this increase in savings coming from everybody across the board or is it only coming from people who still have their jobs and are looking out at this? And so to the gambler's fallacy uh, on this, the doubling down when, when you're, you're losing, you're, if you're not losing yet and you're looking forward, you know, does that same science apply? In other words, there's the potential of losing, right? We're fearful of losing our job. We're fearful of not having income in the future. But right now, I have income. And so is this actually a thing where we are thinking forward, which we don't do often? And maybe there's a, a piece to that. So that leads to a second question about research. Eldar Shafir and Sendhil Molinathan have done work about how fear impacts and, and just being scared impacts our decision making. Mm-hmm. And people who are afraid tend to make poorer decisions than people who are not. If you're if you have that that scarcity perspective, right, you tend to not make as good a decisions. And and it's in contrast to the way people are making what we would consider good decisions mm-hmm. to save more, to to take a little bit of what they have left and not necessarily put it in a 401k or a long-term savings thing, but just, hey, I know that I'm going to need $125 for groceries next week, so I'm going to set that aside. I'm mm-hmm. going to put that aside. Um, and so that that's an interesting point for me too. It is an interesting point. And so again, we don't have all the facts on this. So how scared are people? How fearful are we? Yes, we are in a much more stressful time. As we've talked about before, this is both a medical crisis and a financial crisis. And so we're thinking about that. But again, if I am still have my job and I am comparing myself to others, maybe even if that job isn't paying that much, as as we talked with Mario Beasley about, uh, but I am now comparing myself to people who don't have a job, I might feel good because I'm an essential worker and I know that my job is probably going to be safe. And so with that, maybe I am taking the time to be able to think about things and to plan ahead. There's an interesting piece of this, and I don't know if this is something that uh, in the research on this that you found, but one of the things about thinking in the future, and maybe one of the reasons why the savings rate had gone down is this belief that we have that tomorrow is going to be better than today. In other words, that, you know, if, if we think through the past 10 years and the stock market has climbed, 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 and even when we had the, the recession in 08 and 09, it was short-lived and it kind of bumped up and we've seen that. So, so the idea that we have come to almost believe this concept that tomorrow is always going to be better. So why do I need to save today? And maybe that belief 
has been shattered to a certain degree by the coronavirus, by the COVID aspect where this is so uncertain that we have, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know the full financial ramifications of this. So that belief that tomorrow is going to be better may not be as strong or might be totally shattered for for some people. Thus, they resort to planning for that uncertain future by savings. Erica Rasher at uh, Maryville University in Mm -hmm. St. Louis, she has a thought that what this is doing is forcing people to be keenly aware of how much money we have and how much money we need, and then what we can or cannot spend. And that it's forcing us to be more focused, you know, to to actually putting more attention on our finances across the board, regardless of how much money you have or don't have, this increases focus. And that in and of itself could be the thing that is helping us change our behaviors, at least in the short term. Well, and, and to that degree, I know uh, uh, Dan Ariely in one of the the articles that we we were looking at in here is talking about we don't have the opportunities necessarily to spend, oh, to, to do that right. conspicuous spending or the, the unthinking spending that we do. For instance, you know, every morning when I go to work, I stop by the coffee shop and get that coffee that's four or five dollars and then I go on. Well, we're not driving into work and or that coffee shop isn't open. And so now we have 20 extra dollars dollars every week because we're not doing that type of of shopping we have to be very purposeful about our our purchases we don't just go to the grocery store uh, because we ran out of milk we actually plan our grocery store uh, right, uh, right trips at least we do I, I mean I'm sure there are people that still <laughs> go out and, and and do that but you're you are being you're more focused you are taking yeah those decisions. And I know at least my wife and, and I, we actually went through our credit card statements and started looking at what are some of those reoccurring expenses that we have on there? And are we still using them? Are we doing them? Because we're going, how long is this going to last? Right now, we're both really lucky and, and employed and we feel grateful for that. But if this goes on a year, two years, that may not be the case. And right. so right. let's start looking at those things now. So I, I would agree with that. That Yeah. Some of it may be the fact that we are anticipating future regrets if we don't get our act together now. Right. And, and we are good at <laughs> humans are pretty good at anticipating future regret. Yeah. So, right. But but that actually could be influencing our our current behaviors. Mm. So I think it's really interesting as we think through this, the concept that we make poor decisions when we're under stress has been shown, right? Yeah. We, we've, we have research on that, yet we're seeing some really positive financial decisions during this crisis. So either we're under less stress than what the research has, has kind of looked at before, or there's something else going on. Um, and right. and we need more data. And we, we really need more data on that. Yeah. But I think it's a really interesting fact and a positive one. And we've talked about, you know, what are some of the outcomes of this whole crisis that will last well beyond the crisis? Mm-hmm. And maybe as we talked about, you know, your parents and my parents both grew up during the depression and they had a mindset around savings because that's how they grew up. And there was this idea that you didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. 
it, it wasn't an eight-week blip. It was year after year after year of scrimping and saving and dealing with shortages and and just dealing with less. Right. My mom always had a, a rainy day savings. And not only did we have, there was the the bank savings that we had, we had money stashed away in our house. And, you know, in between the China plates that were, wow. you know, just in case. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering if the mindset of the world and Americans in particular maybe moving more towards that, partially because there is an uncertainty on the length of this. You know, you look back at other financial crises, the stock market crash of 89, the 2008 crash, those were short term. And we, we again, popped up immediately after that. Yeah, we did. This is a different type of financial crisis. As you said, the unemployment rates are at a rate that are, haven't, we haven't seen since the Great Depression. Right. So right there, we're looking at that. So there might be some corollaries to that. Absolutely. Okay. What do you say we wrap this up? Sounds good, Tim. Okay. Let's start with the facts. More than 30 million people in the United States have filed for unemployment. And that number might not reflect all of those who have lost their jobs because of the number of gig workers who have not yet filed for unemployment benefits. Yet, at the same time, data from credit card companies indicate that people aren't just spending less, they're paying down their balances more aggressively these days. Yeah. Also, according to work done by Mariel Beasley at the Common Sense Lab, a large number of low to middle income households are increasing their short term savings dollars. With this potentially contradictory scenario, we looked to the research for insights and found a couple of things. First, research indicates that people in scary situations have difficulty making good choices. Scarcity puts a lot of pressure on our decision-making processes, mostly because fear is such a powerful emotion. Fear might even be strong enough to stop us from taking, making a decision at all. Yeah, also, and here's a seeming contradiction. The research indicates that we expect people in dire situations to act in risky ways. Like the gamblers who are in very down situations tend to be most likely to make the riskiest bets, but not the ones who are winning big. So with the confusing data points uh, in order to make a hypothesis, you know, we believe that we are in a situation that needs more research. We need to take a deeper dive in how people are actually behaving to get a better understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. And I think, I think that there's some really interesting pieces here on our future focus. Are we thinking that the future is going to be positive and therefore we don't need to save today? Or has this crisis shaken that foundational belief so that we are now so uncertain about the future that we need to put away savings for that rainy day? Well said. Okay, that's going to wrap up this week's Weekly Grooves, and we appreciate you listening and hope that you enjoyed this and found it useful. If you did like it, we have three requests. First, please share this episode with a friend. Second, please write a short review or leave this podcast a five-star rating. And third, send us an article that you'd like us to hear deconstruct through a behavioral lens. We'll even mention your name and promote you on social media. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> we so appreciate you listening. Now go out and have a great week. Oh, 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 oh,